Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, I'm Mark Schwartzer, and welcome to a special episode of the Optus Sport Football Podcast, where I speak to Katrina Gorry following her impressive start to life at West Ham United. During our chat, she tells me about what playing in the Olympics would mean, the importance of club putting family first, and how she's absolutely flying on the pitch at the moment. I hope you enjoy it. Right, Katrina, thank you for joining us. Um, West Ham, tell me, why did you decide to come to West Ham? Um, There was a lot of reasons. I don't know, a couple of years ago, I just had something there for the club, but I'd watched them quite a lot of times. there was just something pulling me there and I had spoken a lot to Mackenzie obviously just about how the club was run, if they're a family club, um, you know, what their priorities are, what the players are like uh, and everything like that and the feedback she gave was always good and um, yeah, after that there was just some sort of connection that I wanted to play here and um, yeah, I'm glad it finally happened. So the connection obviously is Mackenzie, right? So you, I mean, it's great <laughs> I having mean, someone yeah. on the inside that you know so well that can give you a genuine insight of what a club is like. Yeah, absolutely. And she's obviously been here a long time and um, you know, a few of the players has and I think that kind of reflects a lot on the club is, you know, if people want to keep on playing there, they're obviously doing something well. And uh, I had obviously had a good conversation with Rianne and, you know, what she was trying to do with the team and um, yeah, it just spoke my language and yeah, I felt like uh, I was kind of destined to be here and since being here, I, I know exactly why I was feeling that way and yeah, it's been amazing. Has it lived up to expectation? Uh, yeah, gone way past it, honestly. Um, the club's just been amazing from, you know, everyone in-house, uh, you know, media, uh, the players, they've just been so welcoming, you know, it's not easy, um, a player coming in halfway through the season, but uh, you know, just the way they are, um, it, it almost just creates a family environment instantly. It doesn't matter, you know, where you've come from, what you've done. It's just about earning their respect. And um, yeah, they, they allowed me to come in pretty quickly and took me under their wing. And um, I think that's kind of uh, reflected my, my performance on the field as well as, you know, the trust and the belief they've had in me from the day I arrived. How important is that for, for you, for the women's game, that family kind of connection. Obviously, you've got a daughter as well, and Harper, she's very much well-known around here and well-known around Australia, actually. We'll get onto that in a minute. Um, how important is that for you, that there is an understanding of, of that commitment? Yeah, it's massive. I'm sure, obviously, you know if you, your family's happy off the field, you, you play better football, and um, I think, you know, from the start of the conversations, they always said, you know, that uh, you know, they would love to have Harper here and she was obviously on the announcement and um, I told them quite early on that my partner was pregnant and we are going to have another little one in June and I think it would be pretty easy for a club to be like, oh, you know, that's kind of in the too hard basket, but it was never that way. It was kind of like, how can we support you? You know, what can we put in place to make it easier transition for all of you? And um, for us, it's it's been awesome. You know, the girls uh, have been speaking about Harper every time I get in the change room. It's how's 
Harper going, it's not really how you're feeling or, you know, anything like that. And Rianne has also been the same way, you know, um, if Harper's sick, it's like, do you need anything from us? Can we help you? Um, and I think for me, just coming into that sort of environment, I know they're going to be taken care of no matter, you know, where I am or what I'm doing. And for me, that, that makes me happier on the field for sure. And uh, you experienced the first time last game against Arsenal, Harper was ill. You left, went back and then came back again and still played the game in a massive game, which you won. And um, I mean, how important is that for you? And, and have you ever experienced anything like that before? No, to be fair, Harp hasn't been that sick uh, very often at all, but um, I think it just, uh, you know, the way it was handled, I, I called Rian straight away as I was pulling up and having to leave and, you know, you didn't even hear any panic in her voice. It's like, okay, do what you need to do, get here when you can. And I think for me, usually I'd stress in that situation, but I felt super calm. I knew that Harper was obviously going to be taken care of, that when I got here, that everyone was going to get around me and that's exactly what happened. Um, you know, I was still able to play football. I was able to get home to Harper and know that she was safe and happy. And I think, you know, if you know they're happy, then obviously your job on the field's a bit easier. First couple of games were tough. Baptism of fire against Chelsea in the FA Cup. Obviously started the game very well, but then ended up losing the game, which is no shame in that because Chelsea are probably the benchmark, it's fair to say. Um, did you feel like this is going to be a long season? No, I mean, I've watched them play, um, you know, all through the start of uh, the season. I was watching their games and I don't think their results kind of reflected on the way they played. I knew that... Um, you know, they played good football, they were strong in defence, um, we just needed to kind of get the results and I think obviously, um, you know, it, it was 1-0 against Chelsea for quite a long long time in the game, it was only in the, the additional time that it kind of, you know, went 3-1, um, but there were a lot of positives to take out of that game and I think, you know, building into the next few games we had confidence and we knew if we put, you know, one good performance together they'd kind of, everything would click for us and it would come to training and feel a bit more confident in what we're trying to do and, uh, you know, the players that you have around you and I, I think that's definitely showed in the last couple of weeks for sure. Yeah, last two games Bristol City was kind of, a, it's a relegation playoff, right, let's be honest. It's, it's a six-pointer as they always say in football. Um, that result was huge for you. You came over, overcame that, and then there was the Arsenal. How big a result was that for you in terms of not only the three points, but in terms of team morale and belief within that change room? Yeah, I think uh, one of the things we talk about is, you know, having that mental toughness regardless of who you're playing. Um, whether it's a bottom team, a second division team or a top team, you've got to go out with the same mentality, do, do the... Uh, game plan as best you can, you know, press as hard as you can, you know, uh, keep the ball as, as well as you can. Uh, we've kind of been drilling that into each other as teammates and also the coaching staff is, you know, it shouldn't matter who you play, you still come out, um, you give it your all and you stick to the game plan and, and the results will come. And I think for us, um, yeah, we've definitely had more and more belief in that um, over the last couple of games for sure. And I think just winning against Arsenal probably put the cherry on top to know that, you know, we, we can compete with the top teams. And yeah, we're moving forward and we're going to pick up more and more results throughout the, the next bit of the season. Was any more, any ribbing done to, to Steph and Caitlin and, and Kyra? Was he like, yeah, give him a little bit, a bit of a cheek about that? And nah. Told this, and after they find out the story about you turning up and then going back home and then coming back again and you still beat them. Yeah, look, um, you know, you don't want to rub it in too much. They're obviously a good team. They know that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kyra pretty much said, you know, we, we played well that game. They, they didn't play as well as they should have. Um, of course, they always say they didn't play as well. But um, no, nah, she said, like, you know, our team's doing really well. And I think coming from a different team and saying that, I think it shows a lot of respect for sure. For you, 
that transition moving across from Sweden, Charlie, Charlie Grant left, went to Spurs. You've then followed not long afterwards and you're in West Ham. You're very close to Charlie, Kyra Cooney-Cross. How important is that for you to settle in as quickly as possible, to have those people close by? Yeah, it's been awesome. Obviously, uh, pretty much most of the Matildas team is kind of based throughout at the moment, which is always nice. It feels a bit more like home. And, you know, we catch up with uh, Charlie and Kyra once or twice a week. And I think for Harper, it's really nice just to have those familiar faces around and have that extra bit of entertainment. Um, but for us as well, just to sit down and debrief about, you know, what's going on in our teams, how we're feeling, um, just kind of having family faces around and uh, being able to be there for each other, whether it's good or bad or anything in between, and, and also to, to kind of discuss Matilda's things and, and what's coming up next and, you know, how we can be better uh, for the national team as well. Did you ever feel that your opportunity possibly to play in the WSL had passed? No, not really, to be fair. I, I mean, I feel like I've played my best football in the last couple of years, obviously, since coming back from having Harper. Um, I felt like I, I had a good World Cup and I kind of... Yeah, I, I knew that um, I'd, I'd probably get picked up by a, a team. I didn't know who at that time, obviously, but no, I didn't think my dreams were over. I feel like I'm playing my best football and I feel like, um, you know, I have, a, I have a lot more knowledge about the game and, and understanding about how to be there for the younger ones as well, especially um, after being in the national team with Kyra and Charlie and trying to, you know, help them along, give them confidence in the environment and, you know, see them blossom as players and people as well. How does it get any better? You've played a World Cup at home. You're talking about playing some of your best football in your whole career. Now you're playing the WSL. You're, becoming, you're going to become a, a parent again for the second time. Congratulations. Thank you. How does it get any better? Or how do you surpass what you've done? I don't know. At the moment, honestly, it feels like I'm flying. Um, you know, just enjoying my football. Um, I'm really enjoying this group of girls, you know, a lot of uh, young players that want to learn, older players that want to help. I think having that sort of environment, I feel like it makes you, you know, not just like change as a player, as a leader, um, but it makes you want to learn more and more and um, try to kind of nurture the younger players so they can be the best players they can be. Um, not just for West Ham, but obviously their, their countries as well. And I think um, being able to empower that sort of stuff, I think, um, can also take your football to a new level. So for me, obviously, the Matildas is a priority, um, obviously qualifying for the, for the Olympics. But, you know, to, to be the best team uh, for West Ham, be the best player for West Ham and um, try and help this club to continue to succeed, I think, is uh, my priorities for the next couple of years. So the Olympics, that's got to be big on your agenda. The last time out for you wasn't the result of kind of like the ending you would like. Everyone, you know, things happen. You, you, people miss penalties. That's, that is what it is. Um, you missed then the one in Japan because of having Harper. Yeah. Um, is it sort of unfinished business for you? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, everyone wants to play at Olympic Games and I think, um, you know, falling probably short in the World Cup and not being able to, you know, have a medal around our neck is, is probably something we all want so bad and uh, obviously got qualifications coming up for our last couple of games and I think to, to represent Australia at the Olympic Games, um, for me, would be, you know, maybe a great ending for uh, the Matildas, you know, a tournament like that um, would be pretty special to hopefully have a medal around your neck and be able to celebrate um, with teammates that you've had for, for a long time. You said Phil Short at the World Cup. Do you genuinely believe that? Do you, as a group, do you believe also that you've missed an opportunity potentially or do you generally feel like you fell short? 
Yeah, I mean, I think for, for a long time we've always wanted to medal at big tournaments. We feel like we've been able to compete with the, the top teams and just in those like, um, you know, the big games, we kind of just fall short, obviously. You know, what we did for Australia at the World Cup was massive. I think, you know, it is worth more, more than a medal for what we've done for, for football in Australia. But yeah, I think you want to win uh, as, a, as a footballer. Um, you know, you've been through the highs and lows with that team for so many, so many years. And I think um, for us to finally come out with a medal around our neck, I think will be pretty special for all of us. Talk about special. How special was Harper's announcement of the Matilda squad? <laughs> Where did they that did. come from? Where did that, where did that idea come we, from? We filmed it in the last camp. They just kind of threw it at me and I was like, gosh, I don't know how she'll go. You know, kids, if you tell them to do something, they don't want to do it. So we kind of had a couple of days planned out um, that she would do kind of 10, 20 minute session as long as she could, um, you know, just think about the names, say the names and things like that. So... Yeah, we just, she smashed it out in 10 minutes and it was done. She obviously knows all the players. She's been around them for a long time. Um, but yeah, to get her to do it was a different question, but she did it, so she nailed it. Talk about being one of the older players, more experienced players around, particularly Matildas. Um, the next generation of players, Kyra Cooney-Cross, when I say next generation, she's already there and she's been outstanding. How good is she? And how, how much have you seen her improve over the last couple of years? Yeah, I mean, for me, she, she's by far one of the best players, uh, best young players in the world, for sure. I think her knowledge of the game, the way she plays, the way she sees the game is definitely something special. I mean, I'm definitely glad she's Australian, but I think, you know, the next couple of years are definitely important for her. You know, she needs to get game time. She needs to have that consistency. And I mean, I'm sure it's been pretty hard from her coming out of a World Cup and, and not to, having too much game time with Arsenal. But... They obviously see the potential in her, um, but you know, as a young player, you need that game time to, to stay consistent, stay, you know, evolving as a player. Um, but yeah, she's crucial for the national team. I think she's going to do great things uh, in her career, and to think she's so young and has the world at her feet is, is um, yeah, it's going to be incredible to watch her. And hopefully, I can you know stay along for the ride as, as long as I can. Well, she's got to do a bit more extra running for you, right? You just get to do that, and you'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if she's good with the ball at her feet, so I can do her extra running, and, and we can balance it out like that. Charlie Grant, she's obviously a good friend of yours, um, ex-teammate at club level. Um, where do you see her? going and how, how what sort of height do you see her reaching yeah I mean I think Tottenham have been a great move for her I think just you know obviously the WSL is at a, a different level um, you know the players that you get to play with the players that you're playing against week in week out I think you're always going to grow as a player I think if she can you know keep on getting game time keep on developing she's going to be pretty special I think you know she has an engine like no one that I've met before, uh, she's willing to learn. I think someone being that young, wanting to learn, wanting to ask questions, I think is always, um, you know, something unique in, in young players. Um, and so, I, you know, I think she can do great things. I think, you know, having a, a Kyra by her side, I think, you know, they're going to be pretty special for the national team over the next coming years. And Sam Kerr, obviously bad news missing out on Sam. She's obviously out long term. How big a loss is she going to be? Yeah, for sure. I think everyone knows, you know, what Sam's capable of, what she means to the national team, um, you know, to any team that she goes to. Uh, yeah, it's definitely tough um, to, to, to know that to her extent of the injury, how long she's going to be out for. She's the crucial part of the team, you know, um, seeing messages from her, um, you know, things like that, they're always kind of boost. Um, the morale in the team and you know kind of gives us a, another thing to you know make sure we do whatever we can to 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 
you know, qualify for the Olympics, um, to go far in the Olympics and, and hopefully get a medal around our neck and hopefully be able to put one on hers as well. When you, when, you th when you think back about the World Cup, she was obviously injured for, for the first, what, four games of the, of the World Cup, five games. Does that give you self-belief? And, and there's almost a sense of when you have a player that, that is that good and scores wherever she goes and you're missing them, there's all the talk about how big a loss she is. But is there a sense of now more belief within the group that you can actually still perform and do really well without one of the best players on the planet in your team? Yeah, I mean, as a national team, you never replace players. Um, you bring in other players that, you know, they might play a different role, They might the way they uh, play on the field is different, but I think uh, anyone that comes in the national team now is going to do a good job for us. And, you know, maybe we switch our formation a little bit, you know, play different players in different positions um, just to balance it all out. But I think, you know, Kate Ford, uh, you know, Hayley Russo, you know, they're all capable of, of doing incredible things, to be fair. I think Caitlin Ford's in, you know, the form of her life. I think what she did at the World Cup was, um, yeah, pretty amazing. I think she was spoken about a lot. Um, so I think, you know, we have players around us that can bring that little bit extra. And I think if we all chip in, I think, uh, yeah, great things can happen. Uzbekistan, how big a game, or two games are they going to be? And what sort of uh, opponent do they, do they pose? Um, I think they're going to be a well-organised team. Obviously, I haven't watched them too much, but I think they're, they're a physical team, well-organised team. Um, you know, I think teams like that, they're hard to break down. They, they kind of sit back and, you know, make it really tough to, to kind of get in their, um, you know, their box to create chances. But I think we've been playing good football for the national team. I think we've been, been breaking teams down, obviously did it in the Olympic qualifiers um, against different teams. So. Yeah, I think for us it's finding ways to break teams down, whether it's over through or, um, you know, beating them 1v1 on the outside. I think we've got to have a lot of variety in our attack and I think it's um, some exciting games for us. They're obviously um, posed some different problems for us and I think to be back in Melbourne playing in front of a home crowd is always special. And nine months on from the World Cup, on reflection, what comes to your mind moving on like nine months later? Um, I mean, I feel like we still live in it, to be fair. When we go back to Australia, people are still talking about the games. Um, you know, you get so many messages about how it's changed football, how it's changed, you know, the way kids see it, see things, um, you know, who their idols are. You know, you see things going around on Instagram about, you know, two young people running around in um, Sam Kerr's jersey. So I think when you see things like that, um, you know, as much as we say fell short, I think, you know, we've changed Australian football forever. I think the A-League um, crowds and stuff has reflected that for sure. Um, but yeah, I think for us, it's about growing the game more and more. Um, keep on talking about the game and hopefully do something special at the Olympics. Wish you all the very best. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Remember, every match of the WSL is live and exclusive on Optus Sport. See you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.